0: I know you have big dreams for your business and life. So are you ready to be seen and heard? In today's episode, I'll show you how to make it happen. Welcome to the Rachel Gooship Show. In today's episode, I'm speaking with my good friend and incredible human, Simone McNish. Simone is a DEI practitioner and inclusion strategist who works with entrepreneurs, agencies, and corporate clients. She has a passion for culturally sensitive marketing and loves spending time with her two children. Today, we are chatting about how to create culturally sensitive marketing for your online business. I just know you're going to get so much from, the, from this conversation with Simone. So let's dive straight in. So I am so excited to talk with you today about how to create culturally sensitive marketing for our online businesses. Because I know we've had many a conversation about this in private, and I'm just really grateful to have you on the show so we can talk publicly about this topic, because it's something that we're both deeply passionate about. And there are so many ways to interpret the term culturally sensitive. So before we dive in, I would love to know how you define culturally sensitive marketing.
1: So when I think about culturally sensitive marketing, I think about marketing that is sensitive to different cultures, different identities, different abilities, um, neurodivergency, um, all of these different racial diversity, as well as gender diversity. So that's kind of a big bucket to be sensitive about, but I think that culturally sensitive marketing centers in on values instead of the trendy, um, you know, whatever, whatever thing is going on in reels or whatever thing, whatever language is popular at the time and really centers in on, you know, making sure that your marketing is aligned with who you are and what your business actually does instead of what's trending, what's cute right now. So when I think of culturally sensitive marketing, I think of marketing that takes into account sensitive language, takes into account your own business values, and it also takes into account you know, like what is like cutting the fluff really and and not being as trendy and really just getting to the heart and center of the business. So I also kind of um, use the term inclusive marketing as well, which is slightly different, but inclusive marketing is marketing that invites people in as the, as their whole selves. So instead of just like, hey, boss, babe, hey, girl, boss, like, <laughs> you know, or bro marketer or whatever. But it really speaks to a wide variety of people instead of just this like, ideal client avatar, or very, very narrow woman who drinks Starbucks on the morning to go get her kids type of thing. So it's marketing that encompasses something greater and bigger and also is culturally sensitive and aware.
0: Oh, I love that definition. And yes, I think, It's just so dead, the boss babes marketing. I never thought it was particularly like (laughs) inclusive or ethical. It was definitely trendy. And I think that trend is slowly dying out. And I think one of the reasons why it became so popular in a lot of these marketing practices that aren't inclusive become so popular is because people get fixated on that dream client that getting that avatar right I don't know if your clients are the same mine are and I'm a huge fan of like the dream client and figuring out who it is you're speaking to but I love that you brought up here values and ethics because I focus more on psychographics than I do on demographics and I think what's being taught online is a lot of the demographics so you know they wear this they like this perfume they shop here they like hang out there they have two kids they have this much money and that is not holistic marketing and as you said that's not really turning up and saying like hey human being with all the facets and beautiful things about you like I want to get to know the whole you it's like no get to know the slither of you So then I can sell to you. Is that something that you sort of see as well? Like maybe one of the reasons why we kind of keep getting caught in this way where we're not being culturally sensitive and inclusive? Yeah,
1: definitely. I think also too, capitalism has a huge hold on the coaching and online business industry. Like it's got it, like it really so many of the business decisions, I started my business in 2019. And I think about the people I was looking up to and the, you know, influencers, things like that, that were, you know, they're doing all this trendy stuff and using all this type of language. So why wouldn't I just copy and paste? And I think what's happening in the past few years is that people are starting to carve out their own way, carve out their own voice, carve out their own message and really start thinking like why and like critically thinking, why is some why are some of these marketing messages no longer resonating with me? Why is it that like make a hundred K or make 10K a month or make 50K a month isn't really selling me on this program or selling me on this experience of working with this person or this program. And so I think what we're seeing is that more people, some people are calling it different things. Um, I'm seeing a lot of rising in trauma-informed business and marketing things like that. And I think it's all kind of interconnected, but just seeing someone's whole self and like not necessarily seeing them as a dollar sign, right? Seeing them as a person. And that really helped me as well too, when I realized like a lot of people are going to say no, and that has not necessarily anything to do with their ideal client avatar. It has to do with their human experience and where they're at in their business right now. And instead of like, pinning them into a certain, you know, like a a silo, like a certain type of person does X, Y, Z, we don't always know why people do what they do. And when we assign like it's because of their race or it's because of their gender or it's because of, you know, they don't have money because they came from X, Y, Z place like that starts getting into bias and all of these things that we want to avoid when we're running our business and when we're starting to market as well.
0: I love that. And I think you're so right, like historically being encouraged to look to the celebrity entrepreneurs and to look to the trends. Um, And I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of the time, it never felt particularly good. And I'm like happy to admit that I've tried using income marketing. You know, I've had bonuses. I use charm pricing in some shape or form sometimes, you know, countdown timers. I've used different language. Um, I think it's important to figure things out on your own. But at no point did I feel 100% doing these things. And I could never quite work it out, despite having a background in this and like sort of being a leader in the space. I just couldn't put my finger on it. And I think you're right now looking at it in a holistic way, looking at being trauma informed and trauma sensitive. But I think what really changed for me, like you said, is actually coming back and taking ownership of my values and my ethics and making empowered informed decisions and not outsourcing that work to others which is essentially what we're doing we're saying well blah blah is doing it and they're making money or having great clients or a great life I'm just going to take what they're doing and put it into my own business so I'd love to know how you support your clients to make empowered marketing decisions and to take back ownership of this work Totally. Yeah. So I think you said something really amazing. There is the
1: ownership part, but also infusing your values. So a lot of the work I do with my clients is centered around defining your values. And you'd be surprised how many business owners don't do that at all. I'm always like, Hey, what are your values? Well, my audience just knows my values. No, they don't. (laughs) They (laughs) have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) no idea and so even if you do talk about the key themes or I kind of think about like when I started my business there was a lot around content pillars around these pillars that you like make your your marketing around or you talk about these three topics but I think of values as like two or three steps further and like what is the core of your business what does your business represent what does your business stand for and also that infuses who you are as a business owner your business isn't going to have value that don't align with you as a business owner, right? So I look at your business as kind of an extension of you. It's like, it's not, sometimes we, we like to mix them together. Like I am my business, but truly your business is an extension of yourself. If you're a solopreneur or you run a small team. And I think that the hardest part for some people is that they just don't wanna define the values. They don't wanna talk about them because they don't see how that drives to more money. And they don't see how instead of spending that time at the beginning of the year or whatever to um, align with the values or, or switch a value out and add a new one, they don't see the dollar signs there. And so a lot of people don't spend that time on doing this. It's also kind of hard work um, to really get to the mission and the values of your business. But after you define your values, taking ownership and I have my clients try to look at their whole business through the lens of their values. So if one of their values is integrity, if they decide to join a summit or a conference that is run by someone who they know is out of integrity, that's not, that is not within their business values. So I really encourage them to look at every single business decision through that lens of these defined values. And if, if one of them's off, then it's likely another one is going to be off too. And it's likely to be a business decision that later you will look back and say, that was out of alignment. That was out of integrity. So I work with my clients a lot on seeing past the dollar size. And I I work with a lot of like coaches who they're very high achieving coaches, they make millions, they do this, they do that. But really like narrowing it down and boiling it down to does this align with who I am? And I've had clients who will turn off entire programs because they, they are aligned with things that they it, they didn't realize till now that it was aligned with something that they don't represent anymore. And that's a hard decision, but it felt right to them and they knew it would help their clients overall, which is hard.
0: Oh, I love that. And I'm nodding furiously because I love everything that you always say and talk about on this topic, but it's really hitting home because I recently retired all of my program suite and just went all in on one-on-one coaching. And so for years I was like, oh, I love one-on-one. I love hanging out with like people. You know, I love doing interviews like this. You know, I I do a lot of um, events and workshops and I love talking to many people as well, but I just really value that one-on-one relationship. And I just kept on getting told like subconsciously and consciously everywhere that this business model would not work. It would not serve people. You know, I couldn't scale. I couldn't make all this money, you know, or in air quotes. And you're so right about the money piece. Like I have to admit as well, like I was not feeling in alignment and my values were like here, but my business was kind of going backwards and forwards, kind of teetering. And I just kept on thinking like, am I going to make a terrible business decision financially Yet when I mm-hmm. just decide like, no, this has to be right. If I'm being called to do this and these are my values, it just has to be right. And then it's gone on now, like, you know, since September, some of the most successful financial months in my business. Wow. But also Yay. I feel so great and my clients are getting amazing results. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because I just heard you, like that was one fear that I had. And I know many of my clients have too. Like I can't slow down to do this work. Yet when you slow down to do the work, then you can really make those leaps and bounds that you're trying to do, right? And I think taking the time to make decisions, big decisions and little decisions, each day in the end is going to get you more money, more clients, you know, more freedom that we want, more alignment Mm -hmm. and everything because you are taking the time to make informed and empowered decisions. So something that I want to kind of continue on from this conversation is I guess, focusing on cultural appropriation, because if we're thinking about the big decisions, we get our values, we feel aligned. Yet sometimes, like I said, in the daily hustle and grind, we just make flippant decisions and then later on reflect and feel they're not right. And I know something that you've spoken a lot about is cultural appropriation, particularly with like trending kind of like marketing tactics, like lip syncing to reels, um, TikToks, which Is fun in the moment and I know a lot of us do have fun except we're not probably thinking about whose voice we're lip syncing to and often it's like a BIPOC creator, right, who hasn't been given any credit or acknowledgement and no one really sort of thinks about their thoughts or where the original audio clip even came from. So I would love for you to speak on this topic because you just share so many amazing things on this topic, specifically about like what digital blackface is and how we can make more considered decisions with like actual marketing tactics in the moment.
1: Yeah. So I think it's really important to define too, that a lot of these reels. So first of all, a lot of popular content is created by black creators. First, first and foremost, like we create so much of what is trending, what is popular, what is pop culture. So when something comes up like TikTok is huge reels on instagram are huge and it's because of the hard work that a lot of black creators have put into doing trending audios that we don't even always know are going to be trending or um songs you know like like little skits things like that and so what I've been seeing is that there's a lot of kind of mindlessness that goes into just copying whatever will somebody thinks is cute or will go viral. So it's always the, I always think for a lot of people, it's the intention to get more views, to go viral, to do something and at any cost. And so sometimes the cost is participating in what we call digital blackface, Digital blackface is when someone who is not black, who does not identify as black, um, decides that they're going to, um, you know, basically pretend to be a black person. Whether that is in audio, that is a very black sounding audio. And what really takes it to that next level is because this video is the neck rolling, the finger snapping, and the all the movements that people are, um, non-Black people are assuming is how a Black person would talk, react with their body, and it's super harmful, right? Because who told you? (laughs) Who told you that we act this way? And why, why are we, but why are we being put into a box of like, this is how it, you know, this is cute, this is trendy, and I'm going to do whatever. And it's actually not culturally sensitive marketing at all, because not being mindful of different cultures, you're definitely not being mindful of black culture. And essentially what you're doing is cultural appropriation, which is borrowing and or stealing from our culture to, um, you know, make a quick buck essentially, because the more views, the more people that come to your page, the more money that you make, right? You're not giving credit to the original person who maybe came up with that audio or skit or whatever you're using it as your own audio that you're recording over you're trying to just be cute and not many people see this as a problem because when you go viral there's a ton of comments that say this is so funny oh my gosh I love this but I've had so many conversations with other black business owners and even non-black business owners are like yeah, this is super problematic. And I wasn't able to put words to why it was problematic, but thank you for saying that like, this is, this is actually a problem. And um, the problem with this as well, sorry, I'm talking a lot about this, but <laughs> I'm super passionate about this, but the problem, the chain effect of using these audios and not really giving a second thought to them is that if you are a non-Black business owner and a Black business owner comes around, and says, like, and sees you doing this audio, they're going to, they're likely going to be turned off and think, this is not sensitive. What if, what if I'm not in a safe space? What if I'm not enter, able to enter this program or enter this one on one situation? Because this business owner didn't think enough about including my culture into their marketing. They thought they were being cute, but they're really just being offensive. So there's so many different layers to it, but people just really need to, start to and I want to say not people because people defaults to white supremacy but non-black people need to really make sure that they're being more culturally sensitive with these reels audios and these you know little skits and things that they're doing.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that I totally agree and I think you're so right there are many creators um you know even white creators like such as myself for a while there I was looking at people jumping on those reels or using a lot of tan filters, particularly as white women, um, to make our skin look browner. And from my kind of background, I knew that it was wrong, but I'd never thought about digital blackface i can understand the concept of blackface and it wasn't until amazing creators and black creators such as yourself that actually gave it a name that then i was able to communicate as well what i was uncomfortable with i was able to support my clients going through anything again like a not enough credit or thought is given to all of the creators like yourself and many others who are doing this work as well who are actually explaining to us over and over again why what we're doing is like culturally insensitive and is really, really hurtful because you bring it up to so many creators. um, And I've seen a lot of celebrity entrepreneurs really speak to this too. I'm sure you have, have literally said, well, I asked my one black friend and she's totally cool with it. So that's why I'm going to go ahead and do it. It's like one person can't speak for entire race or culture. And I think there is some nuance between different values and ethics. But then I do think we need to draw a line when things by the majority are finding them hurtful, um, triggering. So do you agree with that? Like there are some things where we need to draw a line and say like digital blackface is never okay. Even if you have values and ethics that are slight, you know, that allow it, That it's just not okay.
1: Absolutely. I think that there are some things that just, digital blackface if you are not a black person do not use this language do not use cis in your marketing do not use um yes queen in your marketing that language is very important as well but also just saying like this is my hard line this is this is my values i if i value inclusion if i value trying to work with a wide variety of people if i value Black life and um, other black business owners. Then I'm not going to use this. Period. And I think that a lot of times people do center in on the relationships that they do have in their lives, whether they have a black fr- like you know, some sometimes on black people say, you know, I have this black friend or I have this cousin or whatever. And what number one, black people are not a monolith. Just like uh. Asian people, Vietnamese people, Chinese people are not a monolith, you know, Uh, that like white people are not a monolith either, but it's very important to realize that one person does not speak for everyone. And so if there have been articles written about it, if people have said like, this is not something that we like, honestly, if you hear one person say that, you should just take it out of your marketing, right? Instead of trying to go tit for tat and figure out, well, who exactly is it? And I've never actually heard that before. Um, and I have a lot of those conversations where it's like, well, I've never heard that. So it must not be true. Okay. Well, I'm telling you it's true <laughs> and this is my job. So yeah, it, it can be an uphill battle when um, a lot of people, especially people with more privilege, decide that it's not a problem or decide that it doesn't affect them. So it just becomes something that like, yeah, I'll think about changing it, like, but I really won't. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. And so what are some questions that listeners can ask themselves before repurposing or using like black and BIPOC creators work to ensure they aren't appropriating again, taking back that ownership of the decision and their actions.
1: So I think one of the things to first look out for is check your audios. Make sure that if you're using an audio that is visibly sounding like it is from a Black person or even another person of color where it has a heavy accent or something. I've seen there's one that sounds like kind of like heavy Indian accent and people like, you know, acting it out and doing head bobs and things. And I'm like, whoa, like, Yikes, that's that's not it. Um, But like thinking about, am I making a caricature of what I think this person sounds like? Am I acting out what a caricature? Am I doing digital blackface? Am I trying to pretend to be a black person? Or am I just using this audio because it pairs really nicely with my messaging? And sometimes it will be yes and both, but you should still not use it. I always say like, pick something else. There's so many audios, right? Pick something else. So um, definitely ask yourself, am I culturally appropriating right now? Am I making a caricature of this of this audio, of this reel? Um, number two, does this align with my values? Would anyone, if so, would anyone be offended if they saw this? And if you have a, well, maybe, then just don't do it. I always tell people if, well, there's a, well, maybe, but my intentions were good, just don't use it. Use something else. There's so many other options of things that you can do besides that. So I would say those three are are probably the best and, and just making sure it aligns with your values and, and what your business stands for. And if it doesn't, and it's just ask me why this audio, why this piece of content is especially important for you to put out. And if your answer is to be trendy and go viral, it's probably not aligned with your values, unless your values are to be trendy and go viral, (laughs) which is 100% uh, possible. But
0: yeah. Very possible. But I haven't actually had any of my clients. I'm sure you're the same. When they've done this values and ethics work, that's like, no, no, no. I just want to be like trendy, popular, like love to make money. Like their values are never centered on that. So I think that's like a really, really good point. Like if you're doing it because it feels easy and it's fun and it's like a quick thing to put out there knowing you'll get like a lot of engagement and hopefully a quick buck, then I think that's your answer every single time. Because as you would probably know and agree, sometimes having like, culturally sensitive approach to marketing about being you know trauma sensitive it can mean that you need to do more work to spend longer on your marketing plans strategy tactics and sometimes that means the results will be slower but over time you're going to build an audience um, of really incredible humans who feel seen and heard who want to come into the brave space that you've created and feel comfortable to like work with you, advocate for you and to like learn from you. And if that's truly why you're in business, then of course, things like the money will flow, but at least, you know, you can turn up every single day and have a business that you love that actually supports people and doesn't make them feel worse or fearful or ashamed of like who they are. So I think that's something that I always take away from listening to you and looking at your work is that, you know, in the end, you're a better human and your business will be better for it too. And it's, it's no longer okay to be like, but I just need to make money. Like, like you said, yeah. maybe we shouldn't be trading off all of our values and ethics and making someone feel bad about themselves for a quick buck. Cause that's not mm-hmm. what we're in business for.
1: No. Yeah. And I think that's really important that, you know, it costs time and energy and money to do the work, um, to be more culturally sensitive, to value inclusion, um, to really try to create an equitable business. And even if you're not rolling in the cash yet, there's still time that you can put in. There's so many free resources that you can access Um, there's a ton of accessible free resources that where you can learn about how to apply this to your business and also using your own intuition on like what feels good and what doesn't feel good what feels icky and a lot of people are kind of you know going away from the boss babe marketing the bro marketing because something feels off something isn't it's not right anymore so I think it's just important for people to just like you said, take the time to slow down and really feel like, is this marketing message or is this business decision aligned with what I value and who I am? And if the answer is maybe, then it's probably a no.
0: (laughs) So yeah. That's so right. And something um, that I heard from a TikTok creator, I can't remember their name. So feel free to like DM me on Instagram if you know who it is. It was in reference to... A story um, with a mom and a child in a changing room and looking at things like, you know, fat phobia and stuff like that. And the child came out of the room. I was like, mom, what do you think? And she's like, are you comfortable? And do you feel confident? And when I heard that, especially and obviously in this context, but I just thought in all contexts, like in marketing in particular, I'm always asking my clients, like, do you feel comfortable? do you feel confident? And I guarantee if you're out of alignment or if you're doing something that generally would be perceived as un, like ethical and not culturally sensitive, you answer no and no. Even if you can't put the term to it, you'll be like no and no. And I think that is something easy to do too, right? Just simple questions right. to help you figure that out.
1: Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too that a lot of people get caught up in the, oh, like, I can't say anything now. Well, what what can I say? And I think that's a really lazy response, to be honest. And I think that if you spend time um, just really educating yourself and learning from different creators and learning from different educators, then you will start to get more comfortable carving out your own voice. And your voice can 100% be free of culturally insensitive marketing and language and things like that it's just it takes time it takes time to realize like what you don't know right now yes maybe you don't know maybe there's a lot that you don't know but give it six months of you learning and actually applying what you've learned and integrating and then you'll be in a better place and you'll start actually noticing the people that are coming into your sphere into your community are really more aligned with your values and aligned with you as a as a person versus you copying all the celebrity influencer marketers from three years ago, right? You're going to get a different caliber of people in your circle.
0: I love that. And if you wanted listeners to take away one thing about creating culturally sensitive marketing, what would it be?
1: I would tell them to, do your research and do your own education. Invest in that, invest the time into educating yourself, whether it's paid education, whether it's free education, but get curious. Don't just say, well, you know, put your hands over your ears and say, well, la, 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 I didn't know. Just actually make the commitment to get curious about culturally sensitive marketing, about inclusion, and what that could look like in your business.
0: Thank you so much for coming on to the Rachel Buship Show and for sharing your story, insights and wisdom. I know listeners are going to get so much from everything you've shared here today. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. If you found what I've shared valuable, please leave a review and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss when a new episode drops every Wednesday.